You're listening to My Wedding Season, the podcast. I'm your host, Ida Glovic. I photograph intimate weddings and elopements in Europe. This is the show where I provide overwhelmed wedding photographers with the inspiration, tools, and resources needed to build a thriving brand and business. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to My Wedding Season, the podcast. I hope that your wedding season is going well so far. I personally have photographed a couple weddings and I must say that feels so good to be out there shooting again. It has been even more exciting for me this time around because I bought the brand new Sony a7 IV mirrorless camera. And that is definitely different from shooting for years with the DSLR Canon 5D4. It's been a learning curve a little bit, but I love the results so much. And if you're curious to find out more about the Sony a7 IV, be sure to tune in to episode 17 with Magic, where we go into all the gear talk. Magic produces a lot of Sony content, so be sure to check out his YouTube channel as well, which I refer to anytime I want to gain more knowledge about it. Alright, now I want to introduce you to my guest on the podcast today. I had the pleasure of having such an insightful conversation with Leslie Vega. She's an incredibly talented brand, a web designer for photographers based in Florida. In this episode, she shares so many tips when it comes to branding and designing your website so that it draws in your ideal clients. Leslie was also kind enough to provide you with 20% off anything in her shop and 10% off her branding and web design services. For both, just use the code IDA20, that is A-I-D-A-2-0. I don't get a kickback when you use this code. I'm just so happy to get you connected with her. So let's get into this episode. So we'll get started. Leslie, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited to have you on. Yes. Yeah, I'm super excited. I was so happy to find you online. I can't remember whether it was me or you that found each other. I was like, oh my God, she loves photographers as much as me. Hey, I know 100% that I'm the one who found you because I'm obsessed with Gary V. And then that's how it yeah. was. Okay. Yeah. You're on it. And I was like consuming him every day at that point. Like, and then yeah. he had you on. And I thought you said you work with photographers. I was like, cool person to follow. And that was like a mm-hmm. couple of years ago or something. And since then you just pop up on my feed. And as, awesome. yeah, as soon as I thought like having a web designer on the podcast is a good idea. Like you just, you came to mind and that's how I wrote you. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to help. Amazing. Hey, Leslie, I would just love it if you can introduce yourself and yeah, tell us a little bit about how you got into doing like brand design and web design for photographers. Give us all the deeds. Okay. All right. So I might be aging myself, but this (laughs) dates back to like 2004 um, when I was getting married and I got really close to my photographers. And um, they knew that I had just gotten out of design school. They knew that I was working at, um, I was working as an in-house designer somewhere. And they were like, hey, how do you feel about coming in and designing our wedding albums? And so that was really my first, you know, on the side, I was doing wedding stationery, but this was like my first job offer in the, you know, wedding industry that wasn't just me on my own. So I kind of went, came under their wing. I learned how their business worked. I learned you know, their editing processes, everything, how their day-to-day went. And I was designing their albums and I was like, oh, I just, you know, I've always loved photographers anyways, but I was like this industry, I just love it. The art of it, all of that. So that evolved into all of their friends seeing, oh, you've got a designer on board. And then all of a sudden 
the branding requests came, the logos, the business cards. And I'm like, oh, I really like this side of it. You know, I I love the beginnings and the foundation of a photographer's brand. And so that's kind of how that started. And then it evolved into me just starting my business as a brand designer for photographers. And a lot of them, you know, a lot of them started with, you know, I just need a website. And then what we were coming, we were like hitting this wall of, okay, let's do your website, but is your brand really, is there a foundation there? Really, like, what are we using here? Um, can we change this clip art logo, please? <laughs> you I know, hear like, you, yeah. Your work is worth so much more than this. So uh, that's how it really evolved into me finding just the value of branding and the foundation of that. And so I learned more and more of that. And so I've been doing that for like, gosh, over 12 to 13 years when that shift happened. Um, so now, like, I mean, my business had been open, but the really deep shift into branding and website happened about 12 to 13 years ago. And so that's what I've been doing. Yeah. And <laughs> so. I mean, it just totally makes sense because being a web designer alone without having that idea about branding there's something missing there. And it's not just about the visual aspects of branding, but the actual brand message, that identity, you know? And I think for a lot of us photographers at first, like that we get lost there. We don't even know where to start. You just kind of like, what happens is, you start doing photography, you're like, oh, I can make a business out of it. Oh, I actually need a website, you know? I know a lot of photographers who just have like a Wix website, like even like the free version with the logo at the bottom to start off with, Yes, like really scrappy. And then starting to realize, hey, the kind of clients I'm getting are not the type of clients I want to be serving. Okay, I need to work on my branding. Right how am I going to speak to them? And then how exactly. I'm going to, yeah, visualize it and put it on there, like as a website, right? It's mm-hmm. so much goes into it. Yes. And yeah, like, <laughs> what is the process when you work with photographers? Where do you start? Where's that like a point? Okay, so when we start, basically, we connect first, uh, let's say on a phone call. And I kind of ask them, I want to hear them just kind of spew out what's everything about their business, because even them describing, you know, their point A to where they are right now gives me a lot of insight into, okay, what is this person's goal? What is this person's passion? Because photography can be really a lot of avenues, a lot of different, you know, aspects or, or sessions. And so I try to hear, you know, it's funny, I get a lot of photographers come to me and they're like, well, I do family, I do weddings, I do newborns, I do it all. And I kind of want to stop them in their tracks there and be like, you know, that's awesome. First of all, kudos to you for being so talented in every aspect. Uh, but which one makes you want to wake up every Monday morning and do it 24 hours a day out of all those categories? And are you open enough to make that your niche so that you are the go-to for that. Some people, it takes them a couple of years to wrap their head around that. Some yeah. people, that statement makes them so scared and they're like, no, 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 no. I need to offer everything because I need to pay the bills. It's so funny what happens when you niche and you just blossom, your business blossoms because it's almost, I always make it, I always compare it to this. If your child needed a life-saving surgery for their heart, would you go to the doctor who does all the surgeries or would you go to the one who does that specific kind? 
And so that's how I compare it with them. And it's like, oh, I get it now. (laughs) So we start there. We really hone in on their passion because if you have the passion behind it, you will soar. And so, and that also makes their branding journey much clearer. So basically we sit down and we talk about, uh, I do have a questionnaire, branding questionnaire. Some people would rather voice all of those answers. And so we do that and maybe we hop on a call and we go through all those answers. Other people like to write it and process it. And so they fill out that questionnaire. Uh, and then I refer to that and I start, I start my brainstorming. I start my research with their market, their ideal client, all of those things that go into the foundation of it that don't make it just pretty design, right? It's strategic. Yes. And so I start with the logo design and we dive into that. I give them, you know, several options that really match that audience and the message they're trying to put out there. And believe me, there's so many different ways to portray a message just by your logo, your typography, all of that, Uh, even your color choices and things like that. So I kind of help in that journey of it, of creating that foundation. They also get this full branding document where it explains all of that. And it's almost like your cheat sheet. You know, whenever you're putting something else out there, that's your foundation, that's your document that you go back to and you make sure, okay, I'm keeping the same message, I'm being consistent, things like that. Uh, so I, that's the first process as we go through the branding. Once the branding is solidified, then we go into your website and we think about that again through the message. What do we want them to see first? How do you, we want them to connect um, in terms of like copy and how you're writing and how you're speaking on your website? Uh, and this comes down to social media too. And I know that you touched on some people feel like, well, why do I even need a website if Instagram's getting me all these clients? So many reasons. Yes. (laughs) Um, Let me just say, uh, Instagram is amazing, amazing for photographers. It's where we hang. It's what we love. It's where we can show off our work. It's it's almost like our excuse to not blog. That's great. Although blogging is still alive, I will say because Google does love blogging content more than it loves Instagram right now. SEO is huge. Yes. Yes. You're hitting like all the points I wanted to go through. So we'll get a whole other show. Yes. We will totally (laughs) hit that. I love it. I will say to touch on not understanding the need of a website. Okay. So when someone comes to you on Instagram and they see all your amazing work and they want to know more information about working with you, if there is no website, there's, you know, those type A people who see, I don't know how I'm going to book you. I don't know what your prices are, or at least your pricing ranges. I don't know how you function. I don't know where you're from. I don't know your story. You know, so many people buy from people now and they want to see all that they can see before they're even on a phone call with you. So give them that, give them a hub to go to that shows, Hey, I've paid attention to my brand. I've paid attention to my offerings and I take them seriously. And I don't put them all into just Instagram. Instagram helped you find me, but my website is what helps you see the next step, what you're going to get out of this. And it streamlines everything. It really does. It gives them somewhere to go to guarantee conversion even more so than just answering the same questions in a DM all the time. So it's so important, especially when Instagram crashes. And that happened very recently. What do you do? Yeah, you know, there's nowhere I mean, the to go. The game changes. I'm, people yes. who were really good at Instagram, like, a few years ago and with the algorithm I mean we talk about this all day long and Mm -hmm. it's just a fact like I'm so glad it actually crashed when it did because I know people (laughs) a wake-up call that was way needed right yes yes there's gotta be you've gotta have your own home your own online presence for people to stay connected to you regardless of social media and what happens there 
So yeah, I mean, I, I totally hear you. And I always see it as like a greeting card. And then you just kind of invite them to your home base, right? And then exactly. there is where the magic yes. happens. Yes. Yeah. And it creates credibility too. 100%. Like if, if you don't have a website and you're just on Instagram, yes, if you're amazing, I'm still impressed by your work. But then I wonder, well, what's the gonna, process going to be like with this charfer if there's no, there's nothing else to this? There's no organization. Uh, there's no steps, very clear steps on how to start the process. So there's a lot of credibility that builds the trust and then creates the clients. Oh yeah. And especially when it comes to weddings, people need to be able to really know you're reliable because they're trusting you with this huge day and such a big investment. They need to know, okay, you are professional and you know, they can, it's really about building trust. Like you said, I think I just, we keep coming back to that, but also providing them with all the information. So like we can get into how to build like a good functional website that's also beautiful in terms of like you know making the menu like the navigation easy and putting all that information because like another thing I see photographers struggle with is of course they really want to showcase their images and Mm -hmm. then when it comes to the actual copy and text content it's sometimes lacking right so like how do you find that happy medium like what's the advice you give photographers when it comes to that um so you know that's funny like even I have gone through that journey of exploring the pretty images versus the strategy and the conversion uh, when it comes to a website so there's different little tricks you can do so I'm that designer who's gonna probably want to be creative and showcase your most amazing images first. But before, here's some like easy little tips to make your website a little bit more conversion proof. Uh, And when it comes to that, I would say, yes, show your favorite images right there first, but make sure, like you said, the navigation is very easy to get to there and it shows them immediately a next step to work with you. So before I scroll, I want to see number one, very easy navigation. Number two, an immediate call to action of what do I do? I already love your work. I've already been following you on Instagram. What happens next before I have to look for the next 60 seconds where that happens. So that's one thing. Another thing is to, to make sure that you immediately say what you do. And that comes in that first phrase before the scroll you are a wedding photographer for this kind of bride, blah, blah, blah. And you can get really specific with it. Again, I always come back to niche and how strong that is. I just had a photographer ask me the other day, they said, can you help me with this section right here before they ever scroll at all? How do I introduce myself? So the right brides are taking that call to action. And I said, well, how niche can we get with it? You know, so a great example is we have a lot of photographers who love to use the word for the adventurous couple. Yeah, of course. Everyone wants to be adventurous, right? But everyone's using the same phrase. So how do you stand out as an adventurous photographer? So what I told her was like, okay, I can see from your images that you love the mountaintops. You love getting to that very tippy top and getting that killer image. Okay, so why don't we hone it in on that exact bride you love working with? Not just all the adventurous ones. What about the one that is willing to put on those boots, tie them up, hike all the way up, 
with a backpack in hand and change behind a towel, <laughs> you know, like, right. Let's talk to her. So let's put the phrase, um, wedding photographer for the bride who's willing, to, willing to strap on the boots, climb the mountain and get her epic shot. Isn't that so much more honed in on her than for the adventurous couple? And that's it. Well, everyone's adventurous. You could be adventurous on a waterfall. You could be adventurous yeah. in the forest, but this one wants to be on the mountains. So it's like the more specific you can get, the more of those dream clients you love are going to start to click that call to action immediately before they even scroll. Yeah. So you, you need to be a bit more descriptive and you need yes. to be quote unquote brave enough to do it in the sense that, you know, you're going to be repelling quite a few people. Yes you know, Absolutely. but you'll be attracting, attracting really the ones you're going to love and who are going to really love working yes. with you. Right. And some people say, okay, well, how does that help me monetarily? Well, the way that it does help you is when you are working with someone whose session or whose wedding you are even more passionate about, because it's totally what you love, you bring more to the table which then brings more value, which then allows you to price at a higher value. So if I absolutely love, so like I know of a photographer who she does elopements specifically only in Iceland. Well, she brings more to the table because now she's got a whole guide of how to get to Iceland, where to stay, where she, now she's becoming a full service photographer and completely enjoying it. But now her value has gone up because she's bringing more than just pictures to the table. She's bringing more guidance. So now her prices can go higher. So that's where niching, going small to get bigger monetarily. Is yeah. Big. I love yeah. how they say the riches are in the niches. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. I've never heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's uh, love it's that. true. But at the same time, I know that at the end of the day, people do end up like at least having two avenues, right? Maybe weddings and boudoir yeah. or weddings and family. So like if you have a yes. photographer client who's insisting on keeping that, like how do you work with them? How do you help them? maybe divide the website or do you end up saying, Hey, let's build two different websites? Um, so that's a great question. So it comes down to how much they putting, they're putting into each. So a lot of times when someone tells me, Hey, I do both, but this one is like my main, this one kind of is my main income, or this one is my main passion that I want to grow. Um, if you want to keep the other one, we do focus heavily, still keep one site, but focus heavily on one of them and show one as a, hey, I also do this. If you want them both to be very strong, then yes, you're probably landing on a landing page that says for the bride or for the woman, you know, something like we celebrate your body and your soul and things like that. And it is divided. And so then they're going into two separate sections of the website. It really, there's a lot more homework that goes behind it into whether we want to split it into two full websites or make it a, like a side-by-side -side thing where you're going into different sections of the website. But it always depends on where you are as a photographer. And if you want those two things to be prominent for the long run, or if you deep down inside are trying to make one of those prominent. And we always, I, it's very common for me to run into that when someone's doing two things. Okay. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And mm -hmm. how about when, yeah, this photographer is, wants to work with a copywriter. How mm -hmm. do you work 
together with a copywriter? Because I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand. Do you advise the photographer to already have like the copy ready to go? And then the design comes afterwards? Like what would the process be around that? Okay, so I have kind of found a different route than you might have heard in many places. A lot of people say, hey, get your copy together and bring it to me on your start date with me so that all content is ready, Mm -hmm. right? And so that in essence is ideal. However, the, my client hasn't actually dove into deeply some of the questions that I'm going to ask them in the process of branding. So I normally work with copywriters who are willing to come in after a little bit of that exploration has happened. And so then what we do is while I'm designing the branding, then we have the copywriter jump in so that then she's done, she's done kind of outlining it before I jump into web design. Now, here's something that I have loved working with specific photographers for a reason. I still don't want it to be completely complete when I start designing the website. Why? Because I, when you hire a copywriter to be involved in your web design, copywriters love to write. And yes. so they might write you a book. <laughs> that <laughs> book doesn't fit in a homepage unless you want it to be really overwhelming. And so, you know, we love copywriters. They keep us on track. But some of the copywriters I work with, I absolutely love that they understand the creative process of this too. And so the way it happens most of the time with my clients is a lot of my clients want to stand out. So some of their websites are not as cookie cutter. So what I do is I send her the layouts that we have been working on, just previews of them. And then she can kind of plug and play with the copy she's already started working on to make sure, hey, I'm not giving you a five paragraph block of text for a space that only allots for maybe two paragraphs. And, you know, cause it can throw off, number one, the overwhelm of the page itself. Um, it can throw, throw off the creativity that the photographer themselves really appreciates, but we also can't roll out the copy because that's what sells. So they're both so important in terms of standing out that I like to work with a copywriter at several points of the process. And I think it works out wonderfully creative on both ends, to be honest, from my experience. Yeah, I'm so glad you explained it to me that way because I was really curious because those are the elements I was thinking about and how does that mesh well together? And I was also looking at, yeah, the work you've done for different photographers and the outcome is way different you know you have some with like really less copy really creative design in the forefront and other ones where like it's more of like a scroll down website with different sections leading you to other parts of the website and yeah it needs to be a team effort for sure yes yes I believe that and I think and the most common thing has been that most web designers, they want everything up front. And honestly, I would want everything up front. I want all of your galleries, all those things, not just because I want it, but also because it makes it such a less stressful process for you because everything's there for me to just work on. And I don't have to keep asking you for things. Copy is the one thing that I'm okay for it to evolve as we are going through the creative journey of your branding and your creative website to help you stand out. Wow. So next question is about like, what mistakes do you actually see photographers making? Like they've 
maybe done their website by themselves so far and like mm -hmm. what stands out to you as like kind of a typical mistake a photographer makes most of the time yeah yeah um okay so it's tough because I see so many come across my desk like I see mm -hmm. so many I even get clients who they are doing it right you know but but the branding and the message has changed and evolved as they found themselves as a photographer and so we just kind of have to do a revamp most of the time if i see what i see sometimes is it very heavily focused on you know just put some favorite images there at the top no strategy with that initial phrase right that initial tagline that really kind of niches them down or even just speaks directly to the one or two clients they love working with um, I see no call to actions before the scroll. So you have to kind of search for, okay, what's my next step? You know, I already like you. Um, or there's also something that I've seen too, which I almost give grace towards if you're probably in your first, second or first or second year is an inconsistency with your editing style. Um, oh, right. I know that a lot of people like to explore different ones. And I, and I tell a lot of photographers, hey, if you're in year one or two, Yes, you should still be dabbling, playing, understanding what's your best fit. But if you're probably in year like four or five plus, I would love to see a lot more consistency in your style because people come back to you based on what they saw the first time. So they want to see more of it. Right. Yeah. So if I see a photographer who loves those bright and airy weddings, very soft, very romantic, and then I see in another gallery that it's very contrast, very bold, then I wonder, am I going to get the kind that I like? Is this photographer going to be consistent for me and give me the end product that I was drawn to originally from them anyways? Right. So I would say I wouldn't say so much that it's a mistake. I would say that know where you are and know when it's time to really hone in on that and be consistent with it. Yeah, so. because that can create confusion and, yes. you know, that trust factor again, right? Because yes. you want to make sure that your clients are really comfortable exactly. and yeah. confident when they book you. Totally mm -hmm. makes sense to me. Yeah, of course. And, and confusion never leads to a sale. So that's mm -hmm. something you always want to avoid especially on your website and how you're leading and guiding people in there clarity you know yes clarity is the word clarity is kind yes, <laughs> you know yes. and then like confusing fancy words usually might mm -hmm. sound cool but then again they might just create confusion again so that's all the things that we need to yes. you know consider which is it's crazy it's a lot it's yes definitely yes. a lot it's and, you know, we're in a whole different world now. You know, it used to be that on your website, you speak in third person, you act very professional. Oh, yeah, um, I remember and that. When I come across that, like if I have someone book me and their current site is very third person, very professional, I, I ask them, I'm like, we're in a different world now. People want to know you like a friend now. Can we go to first person with this and connect with them one to one? you know, like a friend, and I guarantee you conversion will be much higher. Yeah. And that leads me to the big question about like the about me page where yes. most of us struggle, right? Because mm -hmm. we know we want to connect, 
emotionally make this personal connection but it usually ends up to the same kind of like I got my camera when I was 12 years old mm -hmm. and this kind of standard text where when couples are looking at different photographers which they usually do and they feel like they're reading the same thing right so yeah. you yeah. want to stand out there too like what advice do you have to like make that about me page pop for photographers and make it really also aligned with their brand yeah oh awesome question I love talking about about pages Yay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes everyone okay and me I'm like the queen of break the cookie cutter habits please so it's cool it's cool that everyone's first paragraph is about how they got their camera when they had their first baby and they were taking pictures of their baby yeah or <laughs> they took pictures of their friend's wedding and that's what we know at this point that that's probably how every photographer is starting. So why not jump to what we want to know? I want to know how you're going to be a great match for me. So let's go back to that adventurous photographer. We already niched down to the bride who wants to strap on the boots and climb the mountain. How about we jump into, listen, I live half of the mountain. I love camping. Like, can I take you with me? Like, immediately involve them in a conversation of, yes, I'm introducing myself to you, but I'm probably only spending maybe two sentences on me and I'm jumping straight forward into what I can do for you and how I can execute what you're looking for. So, and, you know, and putting some testimonials on there and putting some of your best work right down on there after you've shown your face. Yes, please show your face. That's one thing that some people are still scared to do, but because people are buying from people, they want to put a face to the name. So my ideal like order of an about page is show me your face, maybe give me one or two sentences, where you're from, what you're about. We already know you love coffee or tea. Right. Um, so I just, I just want to know more about you. So tell me one or two things about you and then dive straight into why you're the best match for me as a bride. And then pop in some testimonials because that again is personal. That is a personal experience that someone had with you and you want that somewhere in there and then lead them to some of your favorite, favorite posts or your favorite galleries and be like, here's some of my favorites. I know you're going to love them. Uh, let's do this together. So always remember your about page is about them. It's not really about you. It's I wish we could change the about page and call it something else like, about you <laughs> you know yeah like, I mean more at about the you. same time they are curious who you are but then again yes. they're more interested about what you can do for them right exactly so, so shift we, in our minds yeah. yeah yes as a consumer we're afraid to sound that prideful but it's very true like when I'm online shopping for things as much of a nice humble person as I am my psyche is who's my best option here can you, and can you prove that? Yes. I want to know who you are first. So please introduce that first. I want to make sure I like you. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but that curiosity about the person probably ends about, I'm already 30 seconds in. I already know I like you. So let's move on. Let's move on to what you can do for me. And uh, it sounds cold, you know, it sounds like that, but honestly, inside as a consumer, that's, that's how we are psychologically working through an about page totally makes sense to me and yeah. like do you have some photographers I can't imagine as many that actually even include a video of themselves somehow into it like what is your stance on that do you feel like that might be a little no. too much or what kind of video works best 
Oh, I am a total advocate of video now. I yeah. mean, if you look, if you look at today and the way the market's working now, mm-hmm. you know, that's why all social media is turning to video. They're turning to reels. Right. It just locks you in a little bit more. I mean, we can all attest to that and that we're scrolling through reels two hours later and realize, oh my gosh, it just grabs you. So video, if you are ever have the opportunity or the budget or the means to include video in your site, I am a hundred percent, 200% behind it because it adds just a whole nother level of personal connection. When someone visits your site and wants to know more about you again, they see you, they see what you're like in action, and then they actually see you creating those results that they're looking for. Like, wow, she's really doing this. This isn't, you know, or her team is really doing this. This is not, this is happening from the very beginning in the client experience when we're working together. So I am 200% behind video. If you can get a great videographer who can capture you in your element. That's so good. And yeah, yeah. You mentioned testimonials, and it's always a question for me, like testimonials, sprinkling them in different parts of the website. Is that like the way to go? Like what could it even be too much at times? Like how do you work with that? Is there a rule of thumb for you? Yeah. So my rule of thumb is, yes, I do like to spread them throughout the website because they're really in there for a strategic you know, touch point each time. After they've seen a gallery, immediately they see a client experience. When they're looking at your pricing pages, immediately they're seeing the value because somebody took the jump, made the investment, and that's what happened for them and that's their experience. So I am more so for not just on one page, put it everywhere as a touch point each time they need a little bit more convincing of how amazing this experience is going to be. Now, one thing I do say a red flag I see is when someone tries to put a full like five paragraph review onto a page, right? That's a lot. And people aren't reading through those as much as you think that they are, unless they're really, really nitpicking. They really want to study you deeply in your experience. A lot of people just want the highlights of that. So I, if I get a really long review from a client to put on their website, I pull out maybe one to two or three lines that are like, oh, wow, that's really great. And I put those, I, it's like a pull quote from that. Uh, you could always lead them to go deeper into your reviews. If you're like, let's say you're on wedding wire and you want to put a little button of like, want to see more reviews, go here. But I wouldn't overcrowd your website with so much copy of reviews. I would put the best of the best and sprinkle them throughout. It's more of a psychology thing. It's a sales psychology thing. It's a strategic thing to have it any point on the site, especially the investment page where there may be some hesitation, a client review can always trump that hesitation if it's right there. Totally makes sense. And like also with pricing, when it comes to the website, it's all Mm -hmm. about, do I put my prices on or not or is it going to just be a start price? What have you seen works well for photographers that you've worked with? So I have a, it's gotten gotten popular. My answer to this is when it comes to prices, my answer is yes and no. Okay. And it's a two part answer. I say, yes, put your prices on your site because a bride is so busy. She is, yes, she's going to love your work. But if it comes down to her budget, she needs to know that before she spends time on the phone with you. And she needs to know that it's worth, it's worth getting on the phone. It's worth your time 
to get on the phone with someone who's ready to invest at the level that you're charging. Now, I wouldn't say put exact prices. My thing is putting ranges. And this is what I've seen work so well is let's say you have three different packages. One is a lot more simple. It's just a small ceremony. Um, and then you've got some that build up to more involved days. I would put a range. Why do I put ranges? So for example, I would put from this point to this point, this package ranges in this. I wouldn't even put start at because if you put start at, what they think is, okay, if we're starting at that, I'm going to do my best to only stay right there. Oh, right? yeah. That, so, I, I never thought of that. Yes. And you have changed my mind. I'm, I'm going to rework. Yeah. Page. yeah. So <laughs> they think, okay, well, she's going to keep me there. Not necessarily, because let's say yours is a little bit more complicated than the next bride. It gives me as a photographer wiggle room to price you where I feel, okay, this is a fair price within this range. It might be in the higher range because you've added this and this to your request, right. but we're still, so no one has any surprises, but you're giving yourself wiggle room to go up higher within that range based on that specific event or that bride. So my, my suggestion to most professors is to put ranges for your packages to give yourself that buffer and then no surprises for the client. That is so good. That yeah. is really good. I think the only argument could be from people who feel like, oh, maybe you're setting a ceiling for yourself in terms of like extra, maybe like print sales you could make. But I think that could be another topic. To yeah, decide, because you can but... say that that range is for the actual work but then prints that's a whole there's a that's whole, a whole different prints yeah saying like add on prints to this and add on so then they start to see okay prints are an add-on not a part of this package range mind blown yeah. leslie <laughs> you changed yes. some part of my business. i'm glad i can help with that i, get I really that question like a it lot. yeah yes. it's so good oh i yeah. love it Okay, I kind of want to circle back to the actual visual branding part of mm -hmm. it. Like, yes. like you said, you know, you work with, you know, knowing the actual brand of the photographer, what they're going for. But like, in terms of color palette, font choices, can you give us some insight to, to yeah. that? Yeah. Yes, of course. So there are some really simple rules to begin with. Uh, you know, it depends on the style. It depends on your ideal client. So for example, if you are a photographer based in New York, you do very classic brides who like classic, you know, you know, hotel weddings, very classic. You're definitely going to be going into those more editorial fonts. Like, and I don't know if you've heard of serif fonts versus yeah. non-serif fonts. So a serif font is going to give you that high-end classic feel. Whereas if you're a more casual photographer, then we explore more sans serif because that's the casual family of fonts. Now that's evolving because things are just getting so much more creative. Yeah. Font designers getting so much more creative. There may be a very casual photographer who does have serif on their fonts, but where I help is I can, because I've been doing it for so long, I can say, okay, that's a serif font, but it's a little more casual than if you're going for high-end, very classic. So it's a whole font journey that can seem overwhelming, but because I do it day and night, I can be like, let me just help you. It's like <laughs> second nature you. to you. Let yes. 
Yes. Yes. And it's so funny. I'll be out in public and be like, oh my gosh, why did that brand choose that font? It's so not them. It's so not their message. Just right down to the serif choice, whether it's a sharp serif, whether it's a soft rounded serif. I mean, it just, that is why I'm here <laughs> because I feel like photographers feel like they have to take that on and go through that font journey. When, when you delegate something like that to someone who can like do it in their sleep, just the release of that and the release of that burden and knowing that you're getting it right. It's just so worth it. There's already value in that. So yeah, there's exploration. It's funny. Every client, every folder I have, you're going to see the font exploration folder that I go through (laughs) and I just go through, I just study and search and research and get that right font for your message. So there's so much to it than just, Oh, it's pretty. And I like it, you know? Yeah. And the same goes for logos. And I have mm-hmm. so much respect for people can, who can create good logos because this mm-hmm. is one talent I do not possess. Like <laughs> yeah. I've tried over yeah. the years and I just end up saying, you know, I'm going to find a font that works and I'm just writing out my name yeah. and I'm dealing That's with it. that. Like uh, the creativity that goes into logos so good like how does how's that different for you like of course you've got the fonts and stuff like but creating a logo and adding maybe even some sort of design elements to that yeah how do you come up with it oh goodness I think this dates back to just when I was a little girl I just thought of things visually I Mm -hmm. I think it's just in me um where someone else might just be picking a pretty font I'm looking at which direction is that font stroke flowing in does that make sense or if this person is really outdoorsy how can I add some pieces of nature here that Mm -hmm. don't feel so clip arty that feel original that feel you know because you can go into that that danger zone of well let me just find a cute little clip art icon okay that's cool but how are we going to make that your own with your story behind it so then there's the um, just like the playing around with the graphics to make it your own. And a lot of designers, they will, they'll sketch with pencils first. I have found that I'm so different. I have to sketch on the design program on illustrator. I have to sketch, erase, reput, like shape. Okay. I do it with my hands and my mouse. Like people do it with their pencils. <laughs> right. so like I, I could do it with a pencil, but I feel like my ideas are coming so fast that I need something that gives me a quick undo or a quick redraw. And so that's how I do it. Um, everyone's different, but that exploration of the visuals and a very original icon is it's just something that's in me and I feel like you either have it or you don't right and I so, think so I don't think yeah. I can like I, I don't think it can <laughs> I can't I don't think it can be forced like if someone no. yeah if someone asks me for like just a little vintage camera icon I'm like well can we explore more there can we go deeper right. for there and let me take you somewhere more original uh and that I just love that and sometimes what people find is, hey, I'm very, again, back to that very editorial photographer, editorial design doesn't really have any icon work or artwork. It's so typography based. So I can guide you through that journey of, hey, this isn't just picking a pretty font. This is the font that really speaks your message. So two different routes there, you know, when, when an icon is needed, I just, I just see it visually in my head and I try to make it custom for them. 
uh, as much as I can. So it's in you or it's not. I hear <laughs> you. Yeah. But the websites that you're actually making, are they custom or are you using a template? Like, how are you going about that? So they are very much so custom. So they are on a platform. So, you know, Show It is very popular in the world of photographers right now. Yeah. Um, it, it actually was marketed specifically for photographers, but different industries are starting to use it too. The reason I love this platform and love to break down any myths about it in terms of SEO and things like that, it is soaring with SEO. Let me just preface with that. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about it because yes, people are yes. torn between Squarespace, WordPress, and show it. And yes. So let me just put a little plug in here. Um, I'm not being paid for any of this. I just absolutely oh, good. Speak <laughs> <the> truth. <laughs> on show it. So your blogging is run through WordPress. WordPress is integrated into the show it process. The actual design side of show it is where it allows us to get super creative and then hand it off to you to where it's still very user friendly when you want to make little updates here and there. So it's almost the best of both worlds because you still have a WordPress site. SEO is looking for your text content. Where is that content? In your blog. Yeah. Not so much in your about page or your, you know, your standard design pages, which is where we design on show it. So and there are also so many show, um, SEO settings on the Show It Design platform that have really elevated it. Um, you know, just ask any past clients of mine and ask them how their SEO is going. <laughs> most of them are on Show It and they'll tell you those myths, it's time to break them down because it's not true. And there are SEO specialists out there that are just doing amazing with the Show It platform and the integrated WordPress for your blogging. So now that that myth is broken, yes. <laughs> the reason I love show it is because what I do is I design off the platform and I actually, so I do coach designers as well, uh, on the side and they, what I've taught them is your creativity is going to flow if you design off the platform and then bring that design into the platform and make it happen on the platform. What I've found is that show it is the platform that has allowed me to do it that way. Because if I have so many things overlapping or something really artistic or something just really out of the box, there always seems to be a way to execute that on show it. And you have so much more control over your mobile views. Um, I designed on Squarespace for over 10 years. And when I switched over to show it, I was mind blown. I was like, why hasn't Squarespace done this? to where you can literally make your web, the web view exactly right for web view and for that experience, because most people are looking you up on their phones. So there is so much weight to what it looks like on your phone. So I'm literally working side by side, a beautiful desktop experience, and then a beautiful mobile experience. And so that is why I'm such an advocate about it. You know, if if show it is around forever, that's where I'll be, <laughs> you know, I hear all you. of these creative designs you're seeing me execute are on show it. I can tell just by looking at it. I think for the most part, 80% of the time, I can tell right away when the photographer has a show it site, because you yes. can see that they've done, you can just do way more, yes. right? Yes. Creatively, like, yeah. and um, Squarespace, I think works for those who kind of want to do it themselves, you know, I think you don't need as much know-how for the back end. No. And, you know, if you're working with 
a developer who is very, very into coding from scratch and things like that, that's great. You can achieve some things on Squarespace that are beautiful. But then what happens when your site is handed off to you? Are you able to make those edits? Are you, or are you going to have to call that person every time and pay them an hourly fee to make certain changes or switch something around that was coded? Whereas show it, that's not the case. It's a, it's a lot of drag and drop. Now, sure, the process that I'm doing, executing a very creative layout into show it takes a little know-how, right? So that's where I come in. But once it's all in place, and all you're wanting to do is change an image or change a color or move a text box. Like it's so easy. So okay. that's why I feel like it just benefits my clients so much more. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I have Squarespace and WordPress. So I've never been in the back end of show it. I just know how beautiful mm-hmm. it is. But mm-hmm. what I'm curious is, you know, we end up updating our website, I would say every three years plus yeah. minus. Mm-hmm. What is your go-to? What do you think? Like, because photographers, we need to, you know, keep it modern and fresh or else it's, it's just outdated. Do you say yeah. every three years, that's a good, you know? I would thing. say, so my number one advice is that you are working with a designer that is already thinking timeless, you know, timeless with the room to adapt and change and update as things go. So I kind of compare it to like, Hey, you know, buy a gray couch so that you can match it to every trend that comes for the next couple of years. You know what I mean? So it's giving you that foundation because we have a gray couch (laughs) and so do I, because it has shifted. It has shifted with the different trends for me. Yeah. Right. So I would say start a foundation that isn't going to need a ton of change, but yes, if you want to spruce up your logo in three to four years, that happens when you're really finding yourself. And I wouldn't say to base it off of trends, I would base it off of you and your clients and the direction that you're going in. Because I have different clients where they've never really had to change it because it's always been the same client and the design was timeless, right? So, but if you are into trends, which I'm not completely against, if anything, I'm a creative and I fall for every trend. Like (laughs) I will change my wall colors every four years based on the trend, which annoys everyone around me, but I just can't help it. (laughs) However, (laughs) so I'm never against a client coming back three or four years like, hey, can we spruce up the logo? Or Mm -hmm. can we change the colors around a little bit or spruce up this page? I'm always all about it. But the good thing is to start in a place where the change isn't so drastic because you did your homework up front. And you did your homework on the kind of client uh, and where it's going to be in five to 10 years. You know, that's actually on my questionnaire when we start is where do you see your business and your website in five to 10 years? Oh, well, I see myself also selling things. Okay, let's make sure we've set it up to where adding a shop isn't going to be starting everything from scratch again. Right. So it's it's thinking ahead. I hear you. Space to update and spruce up and polish whenever needed so good so what kind of like photographers do you ideally work with because you know there are a ton of us out here yes so (laughs) what is for you like your right fit photographer okay so I have found literally I can execute anything at this point (laughs) what I have found is that what just makes me feel so alive are the ones that have 
a lot of emotion in their work. So I'm a very, I'm an Enneagram three with a four. So the four in me, for those of you who study that, is just that emotion and that death. Like I hate small talk, you know? So if I'm designing to translate that personality into designing is I'm going to go a little bit deeper. I'm going to go a little bit out of the box. Uh, I'm going to want pictures that show emotion and movement and um, so you'll see like a lot of the clients that will be launching pretty soon here uh, on my end. They're very, I don't know, they're just really deep and emotional and artistic with an appreciate, they appreciate the artistry um, more so than keeping up with like the cookie cutter sites or, you know, all that. So anyone that is open to the creativity is a great client for me. I think is the best way to put it. If you are really deep and artistic, that's like the cherry on the top, <laughs> you know? So that's, that's kind of, that's where it, that's where I just absolutely love and connect. I'm working with a client right now. Um, she's in some of my recent posts and she is just so deep about how she expresses herself. Um, you know, we've gone through the design layouts and she's like, I just love how there's so much white space here and so much unexpected, unexpected approaches that lay out um, that I feel are going to speak to my clients. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. That is what I love. So an appreciation for creativity and soul and emotion and stories is probably my best fit. Oh, that's beautiful. And I see yeah. you mention Enneagram a lot, which I also love personality tests and Enneagram, yes. all that. Yeah. I saw it on your contact form. So I wonder, like, knowing their Enneagram number, is that something you also use to feel like you can understand your clients a bit better? Is that something you integrate into Absolutely. the process? Yes, because, because I've just loved exploring people's personalities. I feel like I feel like if I wasn't a designer, I probably would have been a psychologist. <laughs> so I just love when people take down their mask and just tell me the truth, you know, and when I can understand how someone functions, it helps me tap into what makes them kind of feel alive or what, how I can better communicate with them. So like an any eight who appreciates bluntness is going to want me to be honest and be like, no, that's going to look horrible. We're not doing right. That. You know, <laughs> yes. whereas an Enneagram four is going to want me to lovingly guide them through it and say, let's explore this. How does this make you feel? Does this sit well with your soul? Like I, and I'm so open to doing it that way too. So I love to understand the depths of someone as I'm designing for them. And that's why I put that funny question at the end of my form, like, get do you know? And, you know, and if someone's like, no, I'm not into it. I'm like, okay, cool. That's fine. That's not a requirement to work with me. But when someone says, oh yes, I'm all about it. I'm like, oh, we're going to have fun, <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, we're going to connect right away. So that's why I put that on there. And I feel like it is, it really is a great tool to understand. Oh, good. So what do you say to someone like me, Enneagram seven with a wing eight, you're like, okay, that's okay. going to be something else. <laughs> we're going to, we're just going to be honest through this whole process and we're going to just lay it out like it is. And I'm going to require you to be completely honest and not be afraid to. And, you know, some people are afraid to do that because they think, oh my gosh, she's going to charge me more. We're going in a different direction. Right. <laughs> I am the designer who understands this is a massive investment 
mm-hmm. in your journey. So I don't limit to a proof count what you're investing in. Yeah. Right. And most, most designers are like, okay, we're on proof number five. That's it. You're going to have to pick something. Whew. I just yeah. cannot do that when, if it were me investing in something that important and that of that of so much value, I would want to walk out of it. Like I made the right choice and this looks right. And this is me, you know? So yes, we would have a very honest journey. hundred <laughs> percent. You got me. Yes. That is what would work for yeah. me fully. Cause yes. You know, uh, you're just working together and you want to be completely happy with the work. And obviously the photographer wants to feel good about this investment and feel like, okay, this is what I want. And this is what's going to take my business to the next level, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like that's important. There's value in that. And I feel like I need to respect that as much as you're respecting the process. So I dive all the way in. (laughs) <laughs> so Leslie when people want to work with you I'm not going to say if they do because they if they're looking for a designer you know I am 100% backing you up because I just love everything that you said today awesome. where you. are they going to find you of course where can they find um, you well right now um, Instagram is the way to go because if you're on there you'll definitely see a lot of my recent work I'm actually redesigning my own website so if you were to go to my website right now it just kind of leads you to certain uh, important links, but it does lead you back to my Instagram just to see some of the stuff I'm working on right now. And there is a very easy link on there, uh, like a start link and my link in my bio of starting with your branding and your website. So that makes it really easy. It's a good starting point. It just takes you to this form where you can introduce yourself. There is no commitment. There is no um, obligation just by visiting that form and being like, hey, I'm interested. Can I just fill this out? Let's feel each other out, you know? Um, and that's the best first step. So yes, I'm on Instagram under Leslie Vega design and I'm on there all the time. Cause I love connecting with people. I love, you know, there's the bad parts to social media, but there are these amazing creative parts to social media that I just absolutely love. So I love That's connecting. So there. true. Yes. And of yeah. course, I'm going to put everything in the show notes. If there's anything yes. else you want to share, I'm just send it over and it will be linked out to that. Awesome. Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing with your full heart and not yes. holding back on anything. I, I'm sure people learned so much. I definitely did. And it's just been I'm such glad. a pleasure. Yes, I absolutely love it. And I love, I absolutely love photographers. I just, my heart is to help them. It's almost like I'm, I'm an honorary photographer. I don't actually want to do the work, but I want to put you out there, basically. <laughs> Thank you. you. Know? Yeah, I want to be your sidekick. <laughs> so um, yeah, just feel free to message me. I'm, I'm a total open book. Um, I don't like to obligate. I don't like to sell to you. I like to just walk alongside you. So that's me. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of My Wedding Season, the podcast. To be notified as soon as a new episode goes live, make sure that you subscribe. I'd love for you to write a comment or leave a review. Let me know what you want more of. For the show notes, head on over to www.wedding-photography-podcast.com. Cheering you on and until next time.